0: It is time for the sermonette, y'all. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you are well, and I hope that you are ready. Please listen to this sermonette by our very own narrator, Azariah Ellington. Samson and Delilah, part two, the book of Judges, chapters 13 through 16. We thank God for the blessing of the scripture. And in blessing us with the scripture, he gives us the true blessing of the personage of Samson, a historical event and how great it is that God, interacts in our lives as he does and the representation of his manifestation in Samson is so wonderfully dynamic and I would venture to say so wonderfully misunderstood you have a redemption story being told in the person of a man who today, if our youth were describing him, it would be a superhero. His strength was unmatched, and only in mythology do you have his match amongst men. And God took this man, and we constantly look at him and concentrate on the strength that Samuel, uh, Samson, excuse me, possessed. And in looking at the strength that Samson possessed, we have this particular thing that happens. We, we are so caught up with his strength that we lose the other things that are being manifested to us from God about the nation of Israel. Consider the fact that Samson is a personification of the nation of Israel. God is demonstrating to us what Samson, what Israel looked like through Samson. Samson was a man who preferred his own desires. Like so many others. The nation of Israel was a people who preferred their own desire. Samson was a man who had magnificent gifts and power. Israel was a nation that had magnificent gifts and power. And as you move on through, you find that the nation of Israel was in subjection to its enemies because Israel had fallen from grace with God through sin, you look at Samson and we see that he too had fallen in grace from God because of his choices. But his birth, in his birth, God had made him to be a man of God from the womb. God had told his mother don't he don't eat or don't eat grapes or even drink wine. He'll be a Nazarite, a man of God from the womb. As we look at the story of Samson, you can see that when people fall from grace and it's a difficult thing to understand, but if or even say... But when we fall from grace, we have to understand that we've fallen into the hands of the enemy. That is Satan himself. And what is going on before our eyes and being demonstrated to us is that God is performing an exorcism on this nation and what it looks like to have a devil cast out of a people. It's what is happening when we see the the, the throes that Samson is going through. So we get in it. Samson is going about looking for what he thinks he needs to make his life happy, to make him whole, to make him where he would be happy in his life. But the Christian, the believer, the man or woman who looks to God has to finally come to grips that his or her life is not his or hers. It belongs to the Lord. The mission is the Lord. The vision is the Lord. The goal is the Lord. But oftentimes when we come to God, we already have our preconceived notion about our relationship with God. Why did we come? We came for God to heal us. We came for God to deliver us. We came for God to heal our finances. We came to name and claim some things and have the power to name and claim some things. And it's not that God will refuse us for Coming to him for these things because it's obvious throughout the scripture how God has blessed people with riches, how he's healed people, how he's healed situations, how he's restored that thing that was broken down, how he has built up the roads and the fences and whatnot that were ruined. So those things are within the purview of God's blessing. But God brings you into his kingdom and brings me into his kingdom for a specific reason. For a specific goal. And Israel had fallen away from that. And he's taking Samson. And showing Israel what they look like. He's showing Israel who they are. And not only to the world. But to him. This is what you look like to me. Look at the power that you have. Look at the fact that my hand is up on you. Look at the fact that I've separated you from other men. Look at the fact that I have protected you in ways that others have not been protected. Look at the fact that your enemy, though he has you in subjection, he is yet in fear of you. And so we neglect these things and we turn our back on these things because what we really want from God is not to be God's man or God's woman. We want God to be our genie. We want God. We want to be able to rub God and get what we want out of him. And one of the things about forgiveness and one of our powerful notes of forgiveness is that our concept of forgiveness is how we look at God forgiving us. But I have to say something to you that is strange to me and it very well be strange, may be strange to you. And that is, we have to forgive God. Now, wait a minute. God is a God without sin. So, how in the world can I forgive him? Let me tell you you can forgive God for not being the God you want him to be. You can forgive God for not doing things the way you want them done. You can forgive God. For not choosing your plan over his. You can forgive God. For not lifting you to the heights. That you wanted to be lifted to. You can forgive God. For not getting on your bandwagon. You can forgive God. For not healing you. The way you wanted to be healed. You can forgive God. For your husband not turning out the way. You wanted him to turn out because he is a praying man and he doesn't do some of the things that he used to do or she doesn't do some of the things you used to do that were fun to the both of you. But you come to realize that there are things that are separating you from God, how you have to constrict your life in some ways and how you have to open your life out. In other words, in other ways, if you're a person who. Likes to be to himself in private and whatnot. And now God is using you where you have to expose yourself, expose your family, expose your children, make you vulnerable. You have to forgive him for that. And the reason why you have to forgive him for that is because he's not going to change. He's going to make you out of the woman he would have you to be. He's going to make you out of the man he would have you to be. And I would venture if we reach back and touch on Joseph's shoulder, he's going to make you out of the child he wants you to be. And so he takes Samson and places him in front of us. And we say, wait a minute. If God is for the nation of Israel, couldn't he have broke them out of this a different way? Couldn't he have just slain their enemies? Couldn't he have just given them all the power to do what Samson was doing? But instead, God has a wonderful way of building character in us. He has a wonderful way of installing faith in us. He has a dynamic way of making love the principle of what we do and who we are. He has a magnificent way of making us out of his son's. And his daughters, and I will respectfully say to you, it has very little to do with what you and I want. Samson is that representation. Samson and Delilah is that representation. Because when you look at the relationship between Samson and Delilah, you see that God is saying to us that you think you're wise, but you are so dumb. You're so stupid, you're so ignorant that you can't distinguish when someone is trying to destroy you. You're so caught up in having what you want that you can't separate yourself from someone who is trying to take your strength Away from you and separate you from the God who made you who you are and who has brought you to the position you are in and who actually gives you the strength to perform the way you perform. So we are. So is our temptation. So is our lust and so confused is our reason for coming to God. I will respectfully say to you again, God is not out to give you or me the American dream. That is not your salvation. A great job, lots of money in your pocket. He can do it, has done it, but that's not the mission. That is not the vision and that is not the goal. It's so sweet and simple. You've heard it a hundred thousand times. That God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but and shall have everlasting life. If you hold to that, if you take your time and look at that, you will see a potpourri of, of different ways that God has come and dealt with so many of us and restored so many of us It's so specific. It's so unique. As general as the salvation is, God has tailored salvation specifically for you, specifically for where you are, specifically for what's going on in your life, specifically for your children, specifically for your occasion. And God has tailored it so that he could win you not only to him, but to his kingdom. To his people to his platform so you can perform when it's time to perform so you can walk away with the gates of hell as though they were straw on your back so you can defeat your enemy with a weapon that no one would think would be a weapon so you could stand against and break ropes and bindings that would hold you down so you could cast out devils So you can undo the work of demons. And now the charge is on you. It's not so you could get rich off of it. It's so that you would be the great emissary of the most high God. God bless you. God keep you. The The Forgiven.